You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast from ascully.com. Your weekly look at movies, video games, and more brought to you by your hosts, Ace Scully and Sid Talk. We're addicted to movies. Are you? Hello, Sid Talk. How are you? That was a long, however many seconds. I'm fine. <laughs> we have to sit here in silence for a while. It's tough. How, are, how is the audience? How are you? Let's listen. Oh, they're okay. Some of them have got sore feet. They seem medicated. <laughs> Highly medicated. So that's fine. That's probably good. What's the before the after the show discussion? The before the after the show discussion was you fussing around with the fan sounds, which, you know, my superior knowledge of audio editing tells you turn off the fans. So we're there. We didn't have a lot of discussion. It suddenly got very hot. It was cold. Oh, you mean the weather. Yeah. So we're talking about hot. the weather now. This is fascinating. <laughs> it was cold. It was springtime. And now it's hot. Stupid it's weather. springtime, yeah. All right. It's Saturday, April the 23rd. This is after the show. We're a movie review podcast. This is number 733. What movie were you looking at this week, Sid Talk? Well, I didn't know until the end of the movie, but now I do. That's correct. It does not have an opening credits. It is just called X, like the letter X. Yep. It's a 2022 movie. Releases on Blu-ray. I've put question mark, question mark, question mark, because I don't know when. But it's available on streaming right now. It's rated R. It's from our personal friends at A24. I'm a big fanboy of A24, I think. You are not friends with them. (laughs) (laughs) I've got a little connection to them. Psychic friend, maybe. In your mind, maybe? What's the synopsis, Sid Talk? <laughs> it's like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but not. It's like right. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but with no chainsaw and no massacre. They're not in Texas. And no Texas. Uh, Maybe are we a massacre. Spoiler? Are we spoiling? Not right up the front here in the synopsis. Well, that's my synopsis. <laughs> All right, a van gonna... full of people go to a place that's kind of like out in the middle of nowhere, and then bad things happen. That... Is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's also The Old Hills Have Eyes and probably a lot of other 70s movies. Yeah. In 1979, a group of young filmmakers set out to make an adult film in rural Texas. See, it is Texas. Okay. But it's not Texas. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's New Zealand. But when their reclusive elderly hosts catch them in the act, the cast find themselves fighting for their lives. That is not accurate. That's not accurate hardly at all. So that's a good, not spoiler. The box isn't even accurate about like the actual story. I think they're trying to throw you off the scent. Mm. Well, no, it says the elderly people find them doing a thing and then they fight for their lives. So, mm. right. but it's not really right. So mine so, was better. So A24's new film X, what did you think? I really enjoyed it, and I have to say, A24, our friends, if you're listening to this, in the almost all of my movie-watching career, which has been since I was about eight years old, I've watched a lot of movies. Watched a lot of movies back in the day I shouldn't have. So in my early years, let's say up till about age 16, I would have been affected by things, you know, like, oh, and want to cover my eyes. Well, and wanna, yeah. You know, like, overtly, like, avoid a thing that's happening on the screen. Then that kind of went away because you watch 10,000 movies and it kind of wears off. This movie, 
<laughs> more than once, made me put my hand up, not in front of my eyes, but you all can imagine. I've got my hand in front of my forehead and it's just ready at any time. Not like I couldn't have just closed my eyes, but my visceral reaction to some of the scenes of this movie made me like get my hand ready to like clamp right over my eyes, you know, like you would when you're terrified of something. It's not scary. No. It is almost indescribably uncomfortable. So there was that. And I love that. That's very stimulating. You know, it gets me like, oh my gosh, a a movie's done this. I'm, I'm excited about that. So I thank them for that. How this is framed, like you said, it's very much like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. They roll up in a van. Mm-hmm. There's some stuff and then, you know. And they're kind of unlikable-ish. I mean, they're not I mean, super I, unlikable. I didn't dislike but everybody. I think the idea was to make them just a little bit questionable, kind right. of. It's set up that way. Uh, do you remember in the movie Scream that we watched the other week? They were going on about how, like, new horror is elevated horror. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if this is elevated horror, just because it's got the A24 mark on it. Because it is pretty standard horror even though it might be at the extreme end of standard horror i don't know if it's it's not artsy it's like extreme gore compared to most i mean it's not gore so much as scenario this whole scenario kind of makes you feel dirty and yeah right and i reckon some people (laughs) there are definitely some people who are walking out of the theater on this movie oh yeah like yeah (laughs) what were we watching we were watching um, was it House of a Thousand Corpses? Or it the was next The Devil's one? Rejects. The Devil's Rejects. And we got to the part in the hotel room where the guy puts the gun in the front of that one woman's underwear. And behind us, there were only like, there was a couple down, several seats away from us. There was only like three sets of people. One couple had a small child, about a year old with them at The Devil's Rejects. Let's just reiterate this. Perfect. And this is the olden times when people used to go to the movie theater, just... In case there are any youngsters out there, or you're listening to this like 100 years in the future, in which case you're like, movie theater? What's that? And behind us was, I would say an older couple, but they were probably my age now. <laughs> like, they're in their 50s. 50 year They old, get to yeah. that scene, and the woman goes, that's enough of that. I'm out. And they yeah. left. And that's what I imagine a couple of scenes in this movie would do to certain people. Yeah, it's a yeah. lot. I said, even, and I'm tough. I'm super tough. That's not a point of pride. It's just I sometimes think I am almost anesthetized to like horrible things. But this, this made me. Ugh. It's not necessarily the gore either. Like we said, no. it's more like the. Uh, no, it's not even the idea because you're literally seeing what is happening. There is a scene involving a bed and mm. you know what I'm talking yep. about. And it's extended almost. There's somebody under a bed. It's not even just that one. It's, no. and, and then you have to think. That's the scene I'm talking about yeah. that people might leave. <laughs> They're like, what am I watching now? Yeah. You know, it doesn't beat around the bush, let's say. Mm. (laughs) You get that point? I did. I did. So yeah, these kids, these crazy kids. Let's just cover the kid part, the youngster part. These aren't youngsters. The youngest young lady's probably... 25. 25. And then there's those two, the blonde and Jackson, they have to be like 30-something. I mean, these aren't... The description you gave that they gave is not accurate. It's just a group no. of people. Porno of actors. And the guy in charge of them, definitely not a young person. Probably 45. I mean, no shade on the 45-year-olds because I'm 54. But the description isn't like... A, you imagine like Cabin in the Woods, right? A bunch of young people. There we go. There's another one. They go to the Cabin in the Woods. Yeah. 
Also, what's the other one? Evil Dead. Uh, yes, and the one with the skin coming off. Cabin Fever. Cabin Fever. Yeah, these are all scenarios where a group of quote-unquote youngsters or people that appear to be unlikable and disposable get in a vehicle and go to a place where you are cut off from basic civilized society and bad the, things happen. The director of this film made Cabin Fever 2. There you go. So there you Like go. I said. Yeah, it's a usual horror scenario. Like I was saying, you know, not the not-teens go to the place to film the porno movie and then stuff starts happening and then it gets you know extreme as i watched it all i was like where's the a24 are famous for like the witch hereditary there's something you're looking for weirdness i'm looking for weirdness or something a bit different about it now there isn't really a a huge difference in this to another horror film if it just didn't have their badge on it right it's Um, well shot i disagree you disagree that it's well shot no, I disagree that it's got that it's not different from other horror movies. I mean, I kind of saw what was coming very quickly. Yeah. It was trying to hold its cards to its sleeve, I think. But it didn't work for me that part. Like they even mention MacGuffin yeah. in the movie, which is when you think a movie is one thing and they use Psycho as an example because in Psycho, she steals some money in the beginning. This is the original Psycho. And then you think the whole thing's going to be about them finding her, you know, hunting her down, you know, like chasing her down the road to find the money. It's not. A spoiler. Yeah, not spoiler that. for Psycho. What's another one? Well, Notoriously Citizen Kane. It's got the, I think that was the invention of it, maybe. Where there's a thing and they dangle in front of you. Or like Dust Till Dawn, where you think this is just a movie about some criminals getting across the border yeah. and this nice family and then the gonna like intrude on this nice-ish family, you know, whatever. The preacher guy. And all of a sudden, <laughs> spoiler, again, it's 25 years old, there's a vampire lady on a table yeah, <laughs> and, a, and another massacre. So this kind of tries to hint that we're doing that because they, they kind of frame a couple of different individuals as potential threats. Yeah, they do. You know? And also a alligator, crocodile. They even say that, like, the words, this is not... Uh, what does he say? Something about this isn't what you think it's going to be. Yeah. <laughs> like they say it like like a nod nod to the audience. Like because it gets to a certain point, they even mention it. They didn't pull it off. You're right. Quite they didn't pull as... that part off. I was hoping that was going to be like revelatory. Is that right, the right word? No. Yeah, like you would go, you go like, holy crap, I didn't like, see that ta-da! coming at all. Oh shit, that makes this movie amazing. Like because I didn't see that. And they do hint at that. And I'm like, when they sat... Where he makes him touch his penis, let me say. Mm-hmm. And he even says there, like, their eyes are going to pop out of their heads when they see this. And you're like, oh, this is going to take a turn now. Because up to that point, it's been not much, right? Just some people I guess making... You, you made more out of that scene than I did. I just kind of ignored that scene almost. It was like, okay, okay, he's just talking. I didn't really catch all these things. There is literally did. a point in the movie where it turns from them making mo- like these porno movies to everything gets grisly and gross, right? Yep. Like, it, it just happens, like, all of a sudden. And they do achieve that well. I was just hoping it was a little bit more clever than that. And it really isn't, right? Like, I, you wanted something mystical or weird yeah. or weirder than it already is. See, there's a scene early on in the movie where she goes down to the lake there and she goes in the lake. And it's this really awesomely shot from above 
drone shot, I'm assuming, mm-hmm. of her in the lake, and it's quite clear that there's a crocodile or alligator over the other side of the lake, and it's coming towards a Jaws style. And when I saw that scene, I was like, oh, what is this going to be? Is it some mysticism? Because it, it was like fog on the lake and creepy looking, and there was a old lady stood behind her. I was like, is this going to get weird like the witch? And that kind of made me think, and I was like, oh, what is this going to be? Okay, it's probably something I'm not even cluing into. It's so strange. Did you have any moment where you thought, okay, this lady, and this is going back to the witch again, the idea of witches, and even if you look at folklore, is that they, like, drain the life out of young people so they can remain young. And that's almost where I thought they were going to go. That's what I thought it was. yeah, Yeah, that somehow she's going to suck their youth out of them, even though, like I said, they're not super youthful. But I had a hint of that, and I'm glad they didn't go that direction. Yeah. Now, spoilers after this point. Let's talk about some spoilers. You're very micromanaging today. Yeah. I don't want to ruin it for people, because I think they should see it, because it's fun. If this wasn't called X, I would call this Horny Grandma, because that's what this movie is. (laughs) There's your spoiler. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't think she's a grandma, though, so that's not accurate. All right, then. Horny old lady. Horny old lady. (laughs) Because the whole thing is about that, right? I think what it's about is about this person who, because we see the young version. Was a sexual person. Yeah, we see one of our main characters is this young woman who's working for this guy, obviously in a strip club kind of a place, and we're going to make a porno movie, right? A pornography movie. But she says to herself in the mirror, like, I deserve a better life and I deserve the life I should have and I'm a superstar. Like, she's psyching herself up. She's like, and then she says, you know, I want more. I want everything. Like, she's kind of greedy and that's the vibe you're getting from her, right? So this is her in her youth when we're talking early 20s, maybe. Yeah. And then we meet the elderly woman. Who, as she's describing her past, she's like, I was a dancer. I was beautiful. This is not the life I expected to live. And then you're like, oh, right. (laughs) So this woman, this old lady. Yeah. Lives in a disgusting old house with rotting things all around her. With this rotting, disgusting life. We don't know really how it's gotten there. According to you, we're going to find out, though. We are going to find out. they made a prequel. Let's just spoil that, too. And so... You get the, the, I got very instantly, like you did, like, oh, okay. So she wants what the young lady has. Yes. Because she used to have it. So there's no mysticism involved. She just sort of. Like envies the young people who are having sex with her. Yes. I don't know if it's the sex part specifically. Well, just like to feel that way, like she did before. Yes. Wants to be adored and people to tell her that she's attractive and to be touched and, and yes, have sex but now the part of the movie that doesn't work for me in any way shape or form in fact Mm. there is a part that does not work for me and the part is that the old lady is played by the same person who is our young lady that is my only in really bad old person makeup i say that's my one of two things like the thing about it not having the big ta-da moment and Using a young woman to play a very elderly woman. How old would you think this lady was? Like 90 or more? Well, it's the seven, It's 1979. Yeah. And she was around for her husband or somebody to be in the Civil War. That was true. 
Okay, so that's 60 years before, 65 years before that. So if she was a young, very young woman. So 90. Right, and she looks close to 100, except they used Mia Goth, who plays the young version, as the old person, but with... From the get-go, when I see the old lady, they, they tried not to show her too much at the beginning, just I like little glimpses. That. Yep. And that was fine until then all of a sudden they didn't do that anymore and they just showed her and I was like, oh, that's a young person in a mask. Because what it, I thought you would be thinking, that X-Files episode with the really bad old makeup. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it was a bit better than that, but it wasn't great. I mean, it th- took me out of it because it I was did like... did me too. I had to like really... Get my mind to be like, look, I like what's happening here. I have to tell my eyeballs to just get over it. Why don't you use a old lady as an actress? That would be more effective. Older lady. (laughs) Huh? I say older lady. Old lady just sounds so rude. But we know. A 90 year old actress. Why don't you use a 90 year old actress? I understand, right? Because there is like this duality between these two people. Correct. They're not the same person, but they are the same person in a way, right? That is. A similar mold, let's say. Correct. So that was what they were going for. If they used an elderly lady for the old person and just put the blue eyeshadow on her, you would have got the gist anyway. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. So I don't understand that part and that it just every time it happened, even the old man was obviously not as old a man as the man, right? I couldn't tell for sure sometimes. And then other times I'm like, oh yeah, he's not. But I I wasn't 100% sure. The old man him. looked like he had a um, like a Halloween mask on to me. Yeah. Like, from the moment you see him, because you see the back of his head and he's got liver spots and stuff on his head, I was like, that looks like a Halloween mask. Like, he just pulled it on, you know? And I thought, maybe he did. And he's like a bad guy who's, you know, like a stalker, serial killer. That doesn't work either, does it? No. Sadly. And those are the two glaring things for me, just those two things. Um, now, it doesn't matter when the shit starts to go down, because... It's really visceral when the shit starts to go down. And I kind of forgot about them being that at that point. Yeah, I didn't because I'm like, they're supposed to be old and they're doing this crazy shit like dragging bodies around and they're not going to be doing that. (laughs) So I had to, again, I, I enjoyed the whole of it so much and I can do this with some movies and be like, okay, cut off that little part. That's driving you crazy. Set it over there and save it for talking about later. And just yeah, pretend it's not bothering you. And I, I was okay. Yeah, the guy who played the husband is not that old. No. He was born in 1958. So however old that makes it. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to get an actor who's as old as you're trying to portray in this. Because you're trying to portray like 90 to 100 year olds, right? Yeah, but I mean, there's going to be there, people. There has to be somebody, doesn't there, who still wants to be in something and they're old. I mean, it has to be. Yeah. Maybe that's really difficult. And they made this during the pandemic. And maybe that was hard to do. Maybe that was what you wanted. But <laughs> it's one thing that glares at me. And I was like, oh, rubber masks, rubber masks. No. But the rest of it, the kills, the gore, it's the pretty extreme. The most extreme thing for me in this movie, right, is, you know, the younger girl who does the sound boom mm-hmm. operator. When she's down in the basement and she comes up and she puts her hand out. Yes. It's like The Shining. She chops a hole in the door and puts her hand out to undo it. But as she goes to undo it, she gets hit on the hand 
and it bends her finger right back and like a massive wound in her hand. I thought it chopped off one of her fingers. I think it might have done, but it looked so realistic. I was like, whoa, how did they do that? Like, it looked horrible. Even if you like frame by framed it, I was like, how did they do it? Like it, you see it all happen. It was one of those things I said, that's worse than Dr. Pimple Popper. It was pretty bad. <laughs> and I can watch Dr. Pimple Popper all now, day long. For me, that was the worst gore part of the movie. But it, it gets way worse than that. It was just that looked very good. I mean, there's some knifings that are crazy. It was, yep. Maybe that's where it gets to elevated horror after the, the knifing yep. incident. Elevated horror is where you're not using horror like um, It Follows or something. That's elevated horror. Yeah, Suspiria. Yes, where it's like you don't actually know what the fuck is going on. Yeah. And maybe there's no graphic, horrific images at all, except for unsettling, unnerving things. Because there are parts in this movie, for instance, there's a kill with a knife and a neck. And then there's a a small dance sequence that happens. Yeah, because she's psychotic. Yeah, but it's done in this, the music kind of wells down and like all, everything goes away in this weird like ballet kind of music comes up and she does a little dance. What I was thinking, here's what I thought. She's doing that dance. And then as we find out later, these aren't the only people that these two old people. Something but yeah, if you're averse to old people sex, it gets pretty graphic in the old people sex. <laughs> and here's the deal. Why should we, we be averse to that? Because they show us, explicitly show us a scene. Yeah. With two younger people kissing and making out. And then the sex scenes from the porno, not like explicit, but, you know, softcore porn, what we're seeing. And you're either acclimated to that, you accept that, and then all of a sudden this very elderly woman starts to do the thing and you're like, oh, no. Now, does that make us terrible people? It's something, isn't it? It, <laughs> it makes is you think. Yes. That's a good thing. Like, I mean, I think feel like that was the main point of the movie. How's this acceptable? How can you look at this and think it's great, but can't look at this one here? Oh, I is, see what you're saying, yeah. Which is the same thing, just older. <laughs> That is grotesque, and that is not. I think that was the main point of the thing. Well, also the point of the old lady losing her youth and always wanting it back. And if we examine it very closely, I think she was always a serial killer. Yes. That's not a thing that's talked about or anything, but she seems pretty good at it, and he's good at hiding all the bodies, and he says we have to take care of this one just like all the others. Yeah, he's basically... Her accomplice, like he's yeah. doing it for her. Just wants to keep her happy, like he says. He's always loved her. She's the most beautiful woman in the world. Okay, here's a spoiler alert for your life. This is not required to keep me happy. <laughs> what, like killing people and no. bar- putting them in the basement? None, none of it. None of it. <laughs> <laughs> none of that. Now, the way this film's made, I really liked, because they'd really use like a 70s style, you know, mm, grindhouse Totally. Type. There's a really cool shot at the beginning, which is... It's almost like cheating, but it's one of my favorite shots. I always mention it. You never notice it. But you did notice it in this respect. The camera is sat inside the barn, and it's looking out. You don't know that, though. What you see is a 4 by 3 which is a square. Yeah, you don't know. Yeah, But the reason it's a 4 3 square is because it's in the barn, and as the camera moves out of the barn slowly on the track, the shot opens up. But it's like a cheat way of doing it, not like a digital way of doing it. You say... That I wouldn't normally notice it. I also was not noticing it until you said it. Ah. Yeah, I wouldn't have known. I would have just been like, whatever. Well, it's an aspect ratio change, but it's a practical version of it. So if you're a film person fan, you might like that. It did something for me. 
I was like, yes, that's the way to start a movie. But most of you will go, what? Including you. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, the style of it is pure 70s. It's grungy. It makes you feel like you need a wash a lot of the time. Yeah, the place is gross. I mean, ugh. There's a musical uh, number, let's say, in the middle of the movie, right? Where they play Landslide by Mm -hmm. Fleetwood Mac. And one of the actresses sings it really well, I thought. Yeah. And she sings it. They're in, what is it, in the barn? No, they're in like a guest house. In the guest house. And they're just having fun and eating the dinner and stuff. And she, he plays the guitar and she starts singing that song. And then as she's singing it, it does this split screen, which shows the young people and this old person over here who's unhappy. And the lyrics of the song totally fit what is happening. And I was like, Stevie Nicks, she didn't, I bet she never thought that this song could work in this, we get older, and it goes over to the old lady, and you're like, oh, it's really kind of effective. I was like, It's really sad, really, really sad. Very sad, very effective, and that was a thing that was unexpected for me. Like, I was like, whoa, this moment's kind of awesome. There you go, that's the elevated part. That wouldn't happen in a regular horror movie. I mean, I don't know. We'd have to watch them all again. It was kind of artsy in some way. It was like, I was like, wow, it's that thing that I love where a piece of music and what is happening on the screen kind of merges together, even though they're kind of unrelated. So I enjoyed that. That was my favorite part. That was your favorite part? It was, yes, actually. I also liked it when the old people were in bed together. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Please don't tell me that. (laughs) What I said before about trying to keep me happy, that's one thing. Don't tell me that. (laughs) Like all I could think of with the old man's butt sticking up was Johnny Knoxville in Bad Grandpa. That's all I could think of. Oh yeah. Because he can't, that old guy looked like Johnny Knoxville in old man makeup. Because it wasn't great makeup. No. So so Bad Grandpa, if you like Bad Grandpa, you might like this. I don't know about that. I know you love to make comparisons that make no sense, but that one doesn't make any sense. All right, at so all. moving on to the cast, Mia Goth plays Maxine. What did you think of Mia? She was good. She was like effective in making me kind of be like, I don't like this young lady. Oh, you didn't like her? I like her. Right. But the character was clearly like like I don't a no. Like an egomaniac. She was, to some degree. But I just, I didn't find her that like when she's like barking at the sound, the young lady who's doing the sound, like, what are you staring at? What are you staring at? That's rude. And she was just a person I didn't like. So. Right. And she is basically the main character because it's the one that the old lady interacts with. Yeah. For obvious reasons. Then we've got Jenna Ortega, who we just saw recently in Scream, who plays Lorraine in this. Now, I liked her arc. It was really interesting. Mm -hmm. She basically comes on this trip. Because her boyfriend is a filmmaker. No pun intended. And he says to her, why don't you come and do the boom mic and you'll get to see how a film is made. But then she has a bit of a change of heart during the movie. Well, no, she's like, oh, we're making smut. And then she's like, hmm, I want to be in it. It's a change of heart. Yeah, it was pretty quick, but you know. Yeah, I enjoyed that. And I think she played that well. I liked her in Scream as well. So She was good in Scream, yes. Brittany Snow plays Bobby Lynn. She's the other... Porno actress. I liked her. The scene where she's on the pier, let me say, where she's telling the old lady, like, yeah, that was a good scene. That was very good. Yeah, because she really got like, yeah, she fuck you. Yeah, she was trying to be nice, and then this old lady's a psychopath, and she's like, okay, yeah, like she wanted to punch the old lady (laughs) in the face. 
Uh, we've also got Kid Cudi as Jackson. He's a rapper guy. It's his first horror movie. He was really good. Really good, wasn't he? Like he was, I don't know, he was just really together, even though he wasn't inside probably. Because he'd seen stuff in the war, right? Are you talking about the character? Yeah, the and character. He's been in Vietnam, yes. Yeah. Because this mean, is 1979, remember? So, yeah. Yeah, he'd been in the Vietnam and then he'd come back and now he's making a living doing the thing, like he says himself, that he was born to do. <laughs> and we've also got Martin Henderson as Wayne. What, what else is Martin in? I don't actually know, but you know when he first appeared on, started talking and we didn't, couldn't really see him properly, just the back of his head. I thought it was Matthew McConaughey. Oh, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't, but what did you think of him? He was effective and not too much, you know, like he's the executive producer, quote unquote. He's clearly the owner of the club where they do their stripping and he's very driven to this movie made and make a lot of money. He references Debbie Does Dallas. Like if she can do what she's what if that movie can do what it's doing, then we can do it too. Right. He's very focused and driven on that. I didn't dislike him, which is saying a lot. I found him very funny when he walked, when he had to come out to see what was going on in the barn and his underpants. Yes. <laughs> it was hilarious. Because it was just weird. Like, he's like, yeah, people don't get dressed much in this movie when there's something bad going on. They just True. come out na- naked or in their underpants. It's like trying to combine <laughs> titillation through titillation and titillation through gore. But it's also kind of funny sometimes. Kid Cootie, the Jackson guy, comes to the door. And he's in silhouette, but you can actually see his penis hanging down. He's completely naked. <laughs> and he's talking to a guy, he's talking to the old guy. I'm like, that's just a really cool touch because these people are pawn people. They don't care about being dressed. Like I mean, it, I they're don't comfortable. Know, that's a reasonable characterization. Comfortable. But in this movie, you see people slowly get less dressed. So she goes out in her pajamas. The guy comes out in his underwear, and then this guy comes out naked. That's how I kind of saw it. Like you know, slowly and un- making them more and more vulnerable. It's funny in a way. In the his... guy you were just talking about, Wayne, Wayne, was also in Strangers Pray at Night. Oh, as, yeah. As Mike. I kind of like that movie. Which character that was. but. And then we've got Owen Campbell as RJ. He's the filmmaker, quote unquote. Well, he is a filmmaker. <laughs> what did you think of RJ? He was good because he's not. He wants to. He's the little kind of nerdy filmmaker, cinematographer, director. Who wants to elevate? He's like, you can make a dirty movie into a good movie, you know. So that's he's his whole aim. Focused on that, like completely. And yeah, I liked him. Stephen Yore plays Howard, the old guy. I don't know about that. It kind of made me uncomfortable, but is that the way it was supposed to be? I mean, it was. They put so much prosthetic on those two people with the teeth and the mouth and the jaw and the jowls, and it was hard for you to sometimes grasp. Like what? What they're trying to say, you know. It's basically like Jason walking up with his mask on. Put him at a disadvantage. (laughs) So this is directed by Ty West. He did The House of the Devil, which we did see. The Innkeepers. Some segments from the VHS movies. Cabin Fever 2. Episodes of Wayward Pines, which we did see. And many episodes of The Exorcist TV show, which I really loved. You did. So what do you think of Ty West directing here? I feel like it's pretty unbranded. If you know what I'm saying. Other than the the editing has more personality, I think, than the directing. Just because of the way it looks and all that stuff, right? It's got the vibe. It's got the set. I mean, you don't have to do much. You're out in a farmhouse. Yeah. The directing is tense and all that. Like with long shots of people walking and 
But it's really the editing. So if he had anything to do with the editing and directing the editing, then that I think is where the whole the kind of personality of the film comes out. I enjoyed all the different references to different horror movies, if you look closely. Quite a few of them as well. Just have to really look as you're watching. Sometimes I like that, and sometimes I think that's super boring. Because, like, why? You're making a movie. Don't you want to be the movie that another movie imitates instead yeah. of you fucking I mean, imitating all the other movies? This movie doesn't even hide it, because they literally talk about Psycho and then have the camera pointing down in the shower in the next scene. And you're like, okay. No, they didn't. Yeah, they did. There was no camera pointing in the hole of the sink. Yeah, camera pointing down in the shower. The guys no, it sh- wasn't at the drain, though. It was just Not at the him. drain, pointing down from above, like, so you can see above him. It was literally a shot from Psycho. I'm saying they, they don't hide. They don't hide the shining shot with the door and the axe. Not hidden, really. It's right out there. Right, mm. and I just think, I, I, I get it. If you're a film geek kind of person and you want to be semi-cool and have people hunting for Easter eggs in your movie, then again... <laughs> why right other than more titillation of the horror movie which is people. perfect for this movie i mean it is but also just do your own thing so uh, I- reviews are you reading reviews off imdb and they have one star and you think it's hilarious that people take the time of their life to write a one star review and usually it's like this is a waste of an hour and a half of my life or this is the worst movie it should never have been made all right First guy says, insufferable characters, non-existent plot, and terrible soundtrack. Absolutely no point to this movie. No point. Ba-bing. There's one of the standards. Num- drink. Drink. Number two says, <laughs> unbelievable stupid movie. Very gross and totally not realistic. Bad makeup. Don't waste your time. The high score is trolling. Very poor scenario. <laughs> Unrealistic is hilarious. Like how many? What movies are you watching that get your stamp of approval as being realistic. That's all I want to know. Just give me that. I want to yeah. contact this person directly and say, give me a list of 10 movies that are in the horror genre that are totally based in reality. And number three says, I have seen a lot of A24's uh, horror movies. A24 has become synonymous with great movies in the horror genre. And I have my hopes set high thinking this would be the best one of the lot. It is an utter disappointment to see that the first 50 minutes or so are just a handbook on how to make a porno in the 70s instead of character building. The slasher part of it was taken directly from 80s movies, and we've seen it all before. The twist that A24 incorporates into their movies this time is very predictable and adds no greater value to the story. Well, you can't totally disagree with that. No. I feel like um, if you expect a certain thing from A24, they shouldn't just give you what they what you expect. Like M. Night Shyamalan. Yes. I feel like A24 should just go with what they do. Like, if it doesn't live up to people's things, then that's not the movie for you, right? You know, that kind of thing. (laughs) Yeah, but once you've seen it, you've wasted two hours of your life. Oh, God. (laughs) So, in conclusion, I am going to give the movie X a 7 out of 10. I thought you were saying you are giving it an X, which is 10, right? Yes, but no, 7. X is a 10 in Roman numerals. Exactly. That's what I am like. You can't give it a 10. It's not a 10. Seven. Yeah, I know. I get it now. And I'm giving it a seven as well. Thank you to A24. Next week, we're looking at another A24 movie. It's called Red Rocket. And it is the next movie by the guy who made The Florida Project. Mm. Remember that one? Yep. Very good. 
So, movie recommendations. I'm going on the tone of this movie. So I'm going to give you Boogie Nights, which is obviously about the porn industry. And my other one is a movie that had me a goth in it, and it's Suspiria, the remake, which was pretty awesome, I have to say. Well, that's subjective. (laughs) (laughs) And my recommendations are going back to the 1990s, all of 2022. That's where we're going. And this, this five movies are all from 1992, and some of them have some interesting quotes. Unforgiven, with Clint Eastwood, has the, well, we've all got it coming, right? I like that line. The Last of the Mohicans, I will find you. Army of Darkness, do you have any from Army of Darkness? This is my boomstick. Oh, there's one for you. Yes. A Few Good Men. (laughs) You can't handle the truth. Toys, which I don't think has a good, interesting quote, but Toys is a very fascinating movie. It's kind of ahead of its time. Do you remember it? Robin Williams. Robin Williams. Yeah, I do, um, actually. Cusack's sister, and it's like a toy factory where now, like, the government wants to come and use the toy factory to make war toys and robots or whatever. Yep. And he's trying to stop them, and the whole time, you know, well, I won't spoil it for you, but it's fascinating. It's a little ahead of its time, I think. It's a little weird. Yeah. But, you know. And then also, The Mighty Ducks, which is just a fun... I just read a bunch of quotes and it just brought it all flushing back to me like, yeah, that's a fun little movie. There's actually a TV show of mm-hmm. The Mighty Ducks that's new. Like, oh, oh new? Okay. Yeah, on Disney. Like a brand new one that just came out. So, Ace Gully stuff this week. I've been playing this game called Godlike Burger. Do you know this game, Talk? I don't. All right, get, get a load of this one. Do you remember those like time management games where you'd run like a burger store? They used to be on mobile games. I don't, but you... You know what I'm saying? Like, flow, and she served burgers, and you had to, like... The customers come up, and the order, and you have to get all the stuff together and run about. I mean, I've only ever played one of those games, and it was on the computer. All right, so those games... This is a twist on those games, right? It's called Godlike Burger. You're a dude who travels around the galaxy, you know, with your little burger restaurant. And your aim, the seems to me... I've not finished the game, but the whole aim of the game is to get rid of these terrible aliens who are, like, causing terror and mayhem all across the universe via the power of owning a burger truck slash burger restaurant. So it starts off, and you're a little dude. You're just a regular dude. You're in the restaurant, and, you know, the first few levels are like, oh, here come some people. They want a burger, they want a shake, and tells you how to serve them all. But then it, like, gets a bit darker, Because it says, your mission here is not just to serve these delicious burgers. It's to get rid of these assholes who keep coming in, these aliens, into the burger bar. So you've got to devise interesting ways of killing everybody, but also feeding them at the same time. You get what I'm saying? (laughs) It is very bizarre. So it gives you a tutorial at the beginning. It's like, okay, make make a burger. This guy's ordered a burger. So you make the burger regular. And then it says... You've got a couple of sauces you can choose from. This one will make them go to the toilet. And this one will make them really want a cigarette really badly. Oh my god. <laughs> so I put a the sauce that makes them go to the toilet. So he eats the burger and you see him go towards the toilet. And it says, okay, now follow him into the toilet. So you follow him in. You pull out a big like knife, like a like scream. And then you stab him. And then you're covered in blood with your apron on. And then it says... Okay, you can't just go out there now covered in blood and start making burgers for everybody. Got to wash that off. So you wash that off and you got to hide the body. Okay, there's somebody dispatched and nobody knew about it. He's gone. 
So let's get rid of everybody else in the restaurant. But you've also got to keep the menu going. It's a ruse, basically. You've got to, if you miss, like, making the burgers, people get angry, like those regular games. Got it. The second guy I had to kill, I give him the sauce that made him want to go for a smoke. I set a trap in the back room where people go for a smoke. <laughs> and when he went in there for a smoke, the trap killed him, and then he had to dispose of the body. So it's like a very weird, it seems, it's all very cartoony looking. It seems very innocuous to start. You're like, oh, it's just a burger making game. But no, it's really a burger slash murder simulator. And it's really fun. How to get away with murder in the modern world kind of thing. That kind of thing. But you're also flying around the galaxy to all these different restaurants that you own. It's um, interesting. It's called Godlike Burger. It's available on PC on Steam. And it's coming to the consoles later this year. So that's what I've been playing. We also started to watch Better Call Saul this week. How good was the two-hour premiere? Well, you're in love with Saul, so you tell them. It's freaking... I'm not going to tell them anything about it. Just watch Better Call Saul. It's the prequel to Breaking Bad if you don't know about it. And if you don't, and you liked Breaking Bad, go and watch all of it. Lucky you. You've got five seasons you can watch. What's for (laughs) dinner, Sid Talk? You decided you want a sandwich from McAllister's and we're not sponsored or anything. That'd be great, but we don't do that. Uh, So you want McAllister's sandwich? I want a McAllister's giant spud. So that's what we're doing. Sounds I'm, really I'm going to have to actually leave the house, though, which is a big drag. But but I will let me add this before I do my advice. That I got to spend some time with my nieces. One of them I know will probably listen to this eventually. And the other one's not so sure, but she may or may not, which is cool, too. They are amazing people. And I take no credit for that whatsoever, <laughs> except that I'm in their life. And I think we all kind of can... You get little particles from each other, you know, of encouragement or setting examples for people. They set example for me in the way that they are, the way they think, the way they critically think, the way they're trying to figure shit out. I mean, we're not talking about like little kids here. We're talking about 30 year adults, adult ladies, <laughs> adult women. Yes, but they're amazing. And it's it's like a injection of. I don't even know there's a word for it. It just sort of like oh, pumps you up. So I was very happy to see them. And then my advice, were you going to ask me about my advice? Uh, my, what's your advice? My advice for the day is, it's not really advice yet again, but it's a hard one to explain. I tried to boil it down, you know. In life, we all meet people they're not particularly fond of or they've done something really shitty. And so you might end up being like, I want you to be unhappy. Like, you deserve to be unhappy. Not that you're going to do anything to make them unhappy, but you actually actively wish and hope (laughs) that they're, like, they're not going to thrive and, you know, that they're unhappy. There's a difference between that and then this sense of neutrality where you're like, I actually don't care if you're happy. And I don't care if you're unhappy. Because I don't care anymore. Like, not wanting you to be, not caring if you're happy. I put this in quotes, like, happy, whatever that means to people, right? Well-adjusted, having a good life, all that stuff, all wrapped up into the word happy. Like, I'm actually neutral. I don't care enough. I don't take the time to think about it. I, it doesn't matter to me anymore. Versus, I want you to be unhappy. Like, it's okay to not care anymore, regardless of who the person is. How close they've been to you, who they've been to you, what they've meant to you. 
I'm sure it's different for like a parent child thing. But even then, like if you've got terrible parent or a terrible child and you're just over it and you're like, ah, I'm exhausted and I'm done. Whatever you're going to do, you're going to do. I don't want any of this. I don't, I have no investment in which direction your well-being goes. So I'm out. Well done. And Good advice. It, it doesn't, it doesn't think it makes sense. It's sort of like neutrality can sort of unlock you from an emotional jail, you know? Yes. Well, you don't. You've never heard me say that, but you're probably reading it on the screen right in front of you. <laughs> um, com is the emotional jail that you can be let out of. <laughs> you can also find us Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. You can find this podcast on anchor.fm slash after the show, Spotify, iTunes, wherever podcasts are available, wherever that is. Email me, aschoolyatascoolie.com. Don't email Sid Talk. She doesn't want any of your emails. And stay classy, uh, everybody from the film X, because you're very classy and you made a very classy movie. Did you? <laughs> Questionable to some people. Question mark. And I'm going to say, think for yourselves or someone will do it for you. 